0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Beyond the Sale Podcast. We believe that information without application leads to frustration. Sales is a profession and not just a job, and investing in your sales career is key to driving success. Hey, I'm Ty Bellow and your host today, and I am joined by Kate Deterk. Now, Kate is a 20-something. She's a senior at Liberty University studying communication and business. Uh, and she is interning with me this summer. And Kate, what other things might you be doing this summer? Why don't you share with our folks?
1: Hi, Ty. Thanks for having me this afternoon. This morning, actually. Um, after my little stint at Team at Work, I'm headed to Washington, D.C. for an internship uh, with Nikki Haley's Stand for America organization, and I'm really excited.
0: Well, you should be excited. That's going to be a great opportunity for you and obviously a um, just, I think, a great opportunity of learning for you and going to really add to your career possibilities as you graduate next year, which is wonderful. Yeah. So Kate and I have been talking, and as you know, this is the Beyond the Sale podcast. And with Kate in school now and having a lot of friends that are looking to get into sales when they graduate, we started brainstorming about, well, what can we... What can we do to help some of them? So we came up with the idea of this young, if you will, young, new sales professional. What are some things that they might need to know or want to know? So we came up with the idea of this podcast, and we're just going to give you some information that we think is relevant from both of us.
1: Yeah. So the first question, let's jump right in. Does your degree matter? We've heard both ends of the spectrum. Now you don't need your degree. It's not super relevant to the job that you're going to do or yes absolutely your degree is relevant what are your thoughts on that ty
0: yeah so as a sales coach for 23 years and being in sales myself for 33 years i would say that your degree does absolutely matter and i believe that being very specific uh, on the knowledge base that you get from college is important and here's the reason why i say that we can teach someone coach someone how to sell. And it's not easy. Don't get me wrong. But where we lack maybe is not being able to teach or coach them in the profession that they are trying to sell. For example, uh, mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, or the medical field as a pharmaceutical rep or as a rep um, selling orthopedic soft goods. See, if, if I have a specialty in those areas that I've studied yeah. and I get into that career and then I get out and I discover, mm, I think I might like sales. Well, that's an easier transition than just a generic salesperson coming to an organization and having to learn sales and the specialty area. Yeah. So that's why I believe it's really important for you to have that degree. And don't forget, sales to me is, we do two things. One, we're a mediator between the company that we're representing, the products and services, and the people that would buy it, the customer, the client, the referral source. So having that understanding of it, the depth of an understanding of a four-year degree or five-year degree, you know, if you are a five-year degree person, like a physical therapist, or even like an architect or something like mm-hmm. that, well, then I think that's important. Yeah. The other thing is, we tell stories. And you're experiencing it now this summer as a business, communication business major. You're working in two different areas for business and communication, which now you're going to take back in your senior year, and it's going to help you form an opinion and a thought of maybe where you want to go. Well, the same thing for the physical therapist or the respiratory therapist or the nurse or whoever they might be. They all go through like an internship or a practicum where they actually practice what they're, what they do as a profession. Awesome. As a salesperson, we practice selling. Of what? Well, whatever it is we're selling. Can you imagine having that knowledge base, though, as the professional who has both experienced it and done it and now can relate the story of how it was done? So I think it's very, very important for that. Now, I want to add-lib a little bit. The general administration, business administration degree, absolutely is fine for sales. No problem at all. I would just encourage a student, take as many minor courses as you possibly can, maybe in an area of Mm -hmm. specialty that you think you want to get into. At least you're going to hit the ground jogging. You might not be running yet, but you'll be jogging and that's okay. And then the other thing is, I don't know what you're being taught in school. I can tell you what I was taught in school. And my marketing professor did this like on the first day of school. Marketing is the dog. Sales is the tail. Meaning, marketing gathers market data and information, helps paint the picture of the would-be customer or client, helps us understand what we should be selling out there, what's new, what's coming down the pipeline, if you will, etc. And sales, we take that information, that data, and we go out and sell based on that. The bad news is what we find in the marketplace is Instead of the dog wagging the tail, the tail sales wags the dog marketing. And that is the reverse of what a marketing person does. When by the way, when you get your career in sales and they give you your business card and they say you're a marketing executive. No, you're not. You're a sales professional. You're a sales representative. The marketing person is again the person that gathers the market data and all of that other stuff and puts that into the marketplace. That's a lot long-winded answer, but hopefully it'll help. No,
1: more. no, that's great.
0: Okay, so So that, I think, covers a portion of it, but I think what we, I personally, would love to hear from you is, as a future employee, what are you looking for, maybe two things that you want to see, or more things, that you want to see and experience with a company that you would consider joining?
1: Yeah. First, I would say an opportunity for growth. Um, As starting out as a college grad, you want to see places for you to move up in the corporate ladder. I don't want to stay in the same position that I started out right out of college, not saying that I have to move up rapidly, but just the opportunity that those are available so that I can advance in my career, make connections, things like that. And then leadership. I enjoy working for and lots of my friends, lots of my peers enjoy working for and alongside individuals who really care about their people. We Mm -hmm. want leaders who are invested in us. We don't have to be best friends. We don't have to hang out outside of work. We probably shouldn't, but just that corporate care for each other. Mm -hmm. We want to see that individuals care about other people.
0: That's good. Um, And it's good to hear uh, that you and your peers are looking and thinking about things like that. So what about, this is another area, right? So Mm -hmm. um, onboarding, right? And I know you know what the phrase onboarding means. So relative to onboarding or the education process of you taking on this new job, now, we both know of an individual, personally, we both know of an individual who got a job recently, like a year or so ago, and was trained just a little bit, and then proceeded to get yelled at once or twice for something they were never trained on, or taught, or told that they had to do, and they were just, they really just yelled at for not doing that. Yeah. And that's just not right. So what? How, how important is it for you, where you sit today, getting ready to go into the marketplace in a year or so? Uh, for the onboarding and the training process?
1: Uh, the onboarding process is extremely important to me. I like to know the tasks that I'm going to be doing, the job, kind of what the job looks like in practice before I step into it. So being taught those, those skills, those things are important, but also there's that component of on-the-job training. Uh, sitting in an eight-hour training session is not the same um, it's not going to produce the same level of understanding as going out and actually doing the job. Uh, practice is great, but playing in the professional game, I believe, is where you really get those skills and develop those skills. So experiences stick with us a lot more than a presentation or a seminar. So kind of balancing that educational component, like educate your people and make sure they know what they're doing, but then give them the opportunity to learn and execute what you've educated them on is really critical to their success in your company and in your organization.
0: Yeah, so ask you a quick question here. So, yeah. a job description. Yes. That would help you early on, right, in understanding.
1: A job description, a set of expectations. What am I going to be doing? Yeah. What does it look like yeah. for me as I step into this corporate environment?
0: Right so a good thing for you obviously to consider next year yeah. obviously a good thing maybe for your peers your colleagues yeah. that are looking to when they graduate what to do is that one of the things you need to ask of the
1: employer
0: is can I get a copy of the job description okay. somewhere down the line if yeah. it if it if it already hasn't been posted somewhere yeah. you know out there at one of the Builders or whatever those sites are, right? Yeah. something like that. I okay. always
1: ask day to day. what does day to day look like? Nice. like? what am I doing every day? because nice. you just want to know.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, one more thing. Yeah, help, help 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 us. Help us as the employer understand how can we better set clear expectations. Should we as an employer kind of lay out at, at some point before the hiring process, at some point, should we lay out the path for growth and advancement? Would mm-hmm. that be helpful?
1: That would be helpful in a, in a sense. Um, this kind of two parts. From an employer perspective, I think it's great to send your future employee expectations. What are they going to be doing day to day? What is the job? Give them that job description, give them that day to day. Um, give them the tasks that they're going to be assigned with. Before I came and worked for you, you had sent me an email outlining kind of what I was going to be doing throughout my time with you. Um, But then also from the employee standpoint, from when you're working for an employer, you have to balance this fine line between ambition and entitlement. You want to be ambitious, especially as a young professional. You want to achieve, you want to go out from your college or your university and you want to do something great. That's kind of the mentality that a lot of people have, and that's great, but you don't want to be entitled. You don't want to go up to that um, CEO, that um, head of your company, and ask for things that you haven't earned. Um, So, be ambitious. You want to complete the work that you have set out to do. do it well, but don't ask for more, especially as an entry-level individual. You have to kind of, you have to ride the bottom line for a while, I believe, mm. um, before you um, have the ability to grow in advance, because really at the bottom is where you get those skills to advance and to get that corner office, that um, higher level position, etc. Mm. So balancing that line between ambition and entitlement.
0: Yeah. Kate, Kate. Kate, I'll just say this, and I'm sure a few of our listeners are saying the same thing. You are the exception rather than the rule. Based on what we've experienced in the marketplace of college graduates, non-college graduates, for that fact, that come into the marketplace and have enablement, entitlement um, thoughts on their mind and want a position relatively quickly yeah. and not go through all the hard work. So, um, Yeah, that's that's the reason why you're just going to be an amazing success when you get out there in the marketplace. So, so beside the point, I just wanted to make sure I shared that with everyone. I'm sure they're all thinking the same thing. Okay, so what's next?
1: All right. Word of advice for our young professionals. We want to know, from a, a successful businessman, somebody who's seen a lot of people, worked with a lot of people, what is your advice for us?
0: Yeah, so as a sales professional, right? So we'll keep it in that realm. Yes, but we've sales. got, obviously, other areas that mm-hmm. we want to talk about. And we may do more of these, obviously, together. <laughs> so as a sales professional, I believe that there's there's a great book that's out there. So if you're a, a college student thinking of getting into sales, strongly recommend the book called Challenger Sales. Um, this is written by Dixon and Adamson's Adamson. Uh, Adamson, rather. And I can tell you right now it's an amazing book. They, they outline... Five different distinct profiles of the hard worker, the relationship builder, the problem solver, the lone wolf, and the challenger. And I'm not going to steal the thunder of the book because I really think it's a great college read. I think it's a great read for any sales professional that's out there. But you can hear in there, the hard worker, well, all of us should be hard workers. We all have to also build relationships. That's one of the, the, the top thing in the sales funnel of uh, or, or the funnel of sales is, is building relationships, earning the trust of the would-be client, customer, et cetera we always try to solve problems. Again, it goes back to the degree. I know more in my degree. I can solve more problems. I don't know the degree and I don't know what I'm selling, et cetera. I can't solve problems. And then the lone wolf, that's probably the one that I don't agree with at all. I, I, that that's You're working by yourself. You're in a silo all by yourself, et cetera. That's not it. I, I, I always say this to people. There's got to be a level of humility, which I'm going to get into this in a little bit. And then the challenger, the way they wrote the book, it's um, it's very compelling, very, very compelling of us being challengers as sales professionals. So again, I'm going to encourage you to read that book. The next thing is be a student of sales. Never stop being a student of sales. Uh, Kate and I are sitting in our studio in my office and she's looking around all around all of these books that I've got have something to do with and or directly related to sales. I've never stopped reading. I've never stopped selling. I mean, I jokingly say this all the time. God created Google on the eighth day. You want to read an article about sales? Just go to Google, type in sales. You'll be able to find an article, no problem. So be a student, Uh, be tech savvy. Um, I, I can tell you right now, I'm working with one or two clients of mine, sales professionals that have been out there selling for years. And they don't want to use like the customer relationship management software. And it isn't because, uh, oh, it's accountability. Big Brother's going to know who I am. No, they don't want to learn technology. Well, there's a point of no return after that because without the CRM's data, I don't really know what you're doing. Oh, your sales numbers are good. That's great. But how did you get there? And could we change some things in your sales day, week, month? based on what we're seeing in the CRM that would make your sales more successful, ultimately making you more commissions. Well, yeah, but if you're not filling out the CRM because you don't want to learn technology, then I can't help you. So salespeople, sales students of sales, graduates going into sales, become tech savvy, understand tech, understand all the different varieties of things that are out there like that, that you can possibly use. Next, I said this earlier, and that was the be humble, right? And so I really do believe in humility. And there was a study that was done a while back and it was very, very good. And it was Harvard Business Review and they did thousands of interviews of the top sales performers. And they did these assessments. And these were the traits of sales professionals. You're going to love this. Humility, the number one trait at greater than 90% in this Harvard Business Review wow. trait analysis of sales professionals. Wow. And I use this all the time when I talk to salespeople and I say simply this. I had somebody say this to me when I went out training people early on in my career. And they said, you know, with, without me out there selling, those people back there have nothing to do. No, that isn't it. That's not humble. That's near borderline arrogance. The humility side, 90% or greater of these top sales professionals said humility was their number one trait. Okay? Guys, gals, it's the reverse of what that guy said to me. It's, no, it's not that I'm out there. It's without them back there, I have nothing to sell because I don't do the process. I, I don't I don't make the orders. I don't get the the equipment or the products out there or schedule the people for that that's not me. So humility, other traits is there, responsible for results, understanding your metrics and what those are. Always be hungry for knowledge, right? You're not overwhelmed or sad. You're an upbeat individual, type A personality. Mm-hmm. And Just be strong in who you are as an individual as well. So those I think are some of the top things that I would say to somebody.
1: I love that, that's really great. Those can be applied to sales specifically, but also being humble is necessary for every job field and um, any portion of the professional world. So my next question for you is when I start a new position as a college grad, um, this is my first day as a young professional. What should be my first course of action?
0: Yeah. Well, if we go back to the onboarding stuff, right? Lord yeah. willing, they have a really good onboarding process. So you're gonna learn about the products and services that your company does, however they're sell whatever they're selling or communicating to to their clients or would be customers. So learn those things without question. And learn as many other seats on the bus as you possibly can. So that you understand how you interact. Your, your one small piece of the overall process. How does your piece contribute to the entire moving of the ship, the corporation? What do you do that impacts people that are after you in the f- process flow of the organization? And what comes in from the process before you? Understand that. Understand what you do. And make sure you deliver quality to the next person in line. You cannot control what you get handed to you from the process before you. You can't. You, you can complain all you want, but hopefully you've got a leader that's there to try to develop those people so that you're getting clean and good things. The only thing you can control is what you produce day in and day out. So kind of like what you're doing today in college, right? Getting ready. Your production is, yeah, your tests they are your exams. That's your production. Have I learned? Can I produce it on an exam? Now, if you've got a really poor teacher and the textbook was really terrible, you might not have a really good production. The output might not be that good. But your job is to produce an output that's exceptional for the next person in line. So that's it. You must also be a homework-driven person. Here's it, simple. You're used to doing homework. You've done it for 12 years in high school, up through high school. You've done it now in this postgraduate level. Great. Homework. Don't forget it. Homework. You still get to do it every now and then. So you mean my job doesn't end at 5 o'clock? No. Nope. Does your schooling end at 5 o'clock? No. You college students are up until 3 o'clock in the morning. Okay. And you're doing homework, but you're having fun in between and all that other stuff. Okay. This is a profession. So you, you should expect out of it what you invest into it. Mm-hmm. So invest still. Do a little bit of homework. Now, I'm going to say this. Saturday, yeah, you know. You want to do a little bit of stuff, great. Just don't let it chime into your friends and your family. It's like, those are the most important things. But Sunday, no, 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 absolutely hands off. That is the day of rest. Just rest. Mm -hmm. Rest. You know you're going to get emails from people all weekend long. Okay. Just plan on starting Monday a little bit earlier. But Sunday, rest. Don't do anything. And I can tell you from someone who did not do that in my career early on, I missed that. I made that mistake. I'm just saying that to you today. Yeah. Rest on Sunday. Build yourself up. Go play racquetball. Go play golf. Go swimming. Go, go hiking. Go skiing. Go do whatever it is that fills you up. Fill up that tank so that Monday morning, bright and early, you can respond to all those emails of all those people that work through the weekend mm-hmm. that aren't convicted, if you will, of not doing that work on Sunday. But I'm just telling you, fill up as much as you possibly can. I think that would be Very, very, very good things. The other thing is territory management. You know, as a salesperson, I just think that's really, really important. So I want to switch gears. So now this is all the stuff from the employer's perspective. Now, what about you? You know, from this young professional's point of view, what are your greatest fears in starting a new job?
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to lump some, all of those into the one word, unknowns. Am I competent enough? I mean, I've been in school for however many years um, and I like being good at what I do. Am I gonna be skilled enough to be successful in this new position? Am I going to have the tools in my toolbox to be able to execute and execute well? Um, And then the learning curves that come with a new position are often overwhelming, but it's just learning to kind of jump over those one by one and then what will the day-to-day look like we've talked a lot about onboarding in um our discussion so having those outlined by an employer will definitely ease some of those fears for you um and then next the this is it mentality i know that a lot of young professionals experience the well i just graduated college before this there was all of these milestones 16 i get my driver's license 18 I'm an adult, 21, I can have a drink, you know, all of these things that kind of mark our lives. And now I've graduated college college and I just work until I die kind (laughs) of thing. And that is kind of discouraging, especially to an individual who has so much ambition or so much excitement about life. But my advice, I guess, to those individuals would be two things. Uh, We are designed to work. Work is good for us. Work is beneficial for us. Um, It makes us better. It makes... uh, There's uh, lots of studies that have been done about people who work and how good it is for them. Mm -hmm. And then my next piece of advice is that the best is yet to come. There are so many more greater milestones than turning 16 or being an adult. Um, And having this kind of... um, optimistic outlook will definitely help you as you walk into your professional career and your professional job so those are our fears and our unknowns and a little bit of my advice
0: no that's great that's great well look we want to be timely with this so let's cut this i think there's another podcast coming i think (laughs) we should move to the next one later on and talk a little bit about the skills and maybe habits that we can develop uh, in young, young professionals, okay? I think that's another great topic for us to really address here in the near future. But yeah. Kate, this has been fun today, really, really fun. Thanks for, thanks for being a part of this.
1: Thanks for having me, it was yeah, great. you're
0: welcome. I got you for a few more weeks, so we gotta do a lot of these before you take <laughs> yeah. off for DC. But I get you back, I get yeah. you back yeah. after DC. Yes. You might be, might be totally over the moon about those people, but we'll see how that goes. So, folks, thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Sales Podcast, where we believe that information without application leads to frustration. Sales is a profession and not just a job, as Kate and I just talked about. Uh-huh. And investing in your sales career is key, no matter where you're at. Student, college, graduating next year, graduating this year, or a seasoned sales professional. Really, the investment in your sales career is a key to driving success. So, please bring make today, make this week productive and not just active. You have a choice, right? So choose wisely. Join us, please, very soon for your next podcast with Kate and Ty. Have a great rest of your week. Talk to you soon.